Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is happening with the church? <laughs> it seems that everyone wants teachers that will scratch their itching ears. You are not a sick person trying to get well. You are a well person fighting off sickness. Foolish, crazy, wacky, and blasphemous things are being said in the name of Christ. I am not poor, I am not miserable, and I am not a sinner. This is the podcast that exposes them. The Law for Truth Show. Exposing the crazy, revealing the truth. Now here they are, Dan and Steve Law. Hello and welcome to Long for Truth. This is the podcast that exposes the crazy, the wacky, the ridiculous, the downright blasphemous things that are being said and done in the name of Christ by the Gnostic Evangelical Industrial Complex. I'm your co-host, Dan Long, and this is a solo episode. Steve and I plan to get together next week. Uh, The goal is to get together once a month and then alternate uh, weeks. So, um, he'll do one week and I'll do one week and that is the plan. So hopefully next week we will be, uh, together. You can find us at our blog, longfortruth.com. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash longfortruth. And if you want to email us, you can email us at longfortruth at gmail.com. Now, <laughs> Steve's a whole lot better at responding to emails than I am. Um, Man, even my own emails, sometimes I don't even open up my emails for like two weeks and I am terrible with emails. So if you do want to contact me, it's best to just contact me on the Facebook page through Facebook. That's going to be the best way to get a hold of me. Anyway, so hope you got a chance to listen to the podcast episode last week that Stephen did. Uh, he did a segment called uh, Straight Out of Context, and uh, the verse that he used for the first installment or the, or the first time doing the segment is Jer- was Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So a lot of people love to take verses like Jeremiah 29, 11 out of their context and say something like, oh, see, 
God has a wonderful plan for your life. God wants to prosper you. He, you know, he's, he's not, he, he's not against you. He wants to prosper you, but that is not what that verse is about. And Stephen did a good job putting that verse back into its context. Also, he did a brief introduction to Gnosticism and uh, mentioned that I was going to be continuing that theme today on this podcast episode, and that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Gnosticism today, Um, but also if you go over to the blog, uh, Steve also put a small post up there, a short post called uh, The Core Beliefs of Gnosticism. Um, Check that out. It's got a little video on there, uh, about 25 minutes long, uh, that is from uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan Reeves of Gordon Cromwell Theological Seminary uh, called What is Gnosticism? And it's, a like I said, 25 minutes long. It's a very good video, very informative, and uh, I think you will enjoy that. Also, before I get started, want to give a big thank you to Eric Peterson, the man down under, the Outback Berean himself, who pointed me to an audio software that, uh, actually a, a free audio software that I am using right now to record this podcast. Um, normally, I use Audacity, and I've been using Audacity for a little while now, and I know Audacity pretty well. Um, you know, I, it took me <laughs> it took me forever to learn it, but I did, and I'm just that type of person. I'm not very techy at all. So I have to spend a lot of time, you know, looking at videos and it takes me a long time to learn something new. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think I looked at four videos maybe on uh, this software. The software is called, and I hope I'm saying this right, OSEN Audio, O-C-E-N Audio. May I've heard it. I've heard it pronounced OSEN Audio in the videos and Ocean Audio. Not sure. Uh, how it uh, how it's pronounced, but I'm just gonna call it Ocean because that's there's no A in it, so I don't think it's Ocean. Anyway, I don't know, but it's a very good software, a piece of software, and it's very simple. And it, like I said, it took me all of about maybe an hour and a half to 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 learn the program enough where I can I can record, and that's good for me. For some somebody might be saying an hour and a half. Good night. I don't have that. <laughs> you know, hey, if you're tech savvy, that's fantastic. But I am not tech savvy. So my hour and a half might be your 15 minutes. I don't know. But anyway, uh, thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate that. Eric Peterson, uh, the Outback Berean. Thank you for pointing me to the software. Like I said, I told you that if I downloaded it and I liked it, I would be using it. And I do like it. I like it a lot. It's got a a lot of options for effects and everything else. And so this actually might replace Audacity for me. I don't know. We'll have to see. But for now, it's really working out well. All right. So let's talk about what we are going to be doing on this episode of Long for Truth. Um, so we're going to be continuing the theme of Gnosticism. And today I'm going to actually be talking about a Gnostic prayer book. Now, this Gnostic prayer book is in millions of homes. I'm <laughs> I'm dead serious. This Gnostic prayer book is in millions of homes. And as a matter of fact, in 2016, now I tried to find the latest um, book sales 
Okay, I for some reason I couldn't find it. Maybe you can. If you can get a bigger number than this, let me know. Pop it on the Facebook page. But in as of 2016, this book sold over 17 million copies. Think about that. 17 million copies. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a prayer book. Um, there's nothing wrong with using a prayer book. I use a prayer book. Um, not all the time, but to... Um, Every once in a while, I will use it. And I have in my hand right now a little red prayer book that was given to me by a friend a few years ago. Thank you, Dave DeRusso. And um, it is a prayer book that was written or published. When was it published here? 1951 by Concordia Publishing House. It is the Lutheran Book of Prayer. Um, And it is just a beautiful little book. Um, it has selected psalms that you can pray. Um, it has a prayer for every day of the week, both morning and evening. Um, it has um, Martin Luther's general morning prayer and his general evening prayer. It also has Luther's uh, small catechism in it. Um, so it's a very, very nice little book, and I, every once in a while, use it. And there is nothing wrong with using a prayer book. As a matter of fact... Since I've got it open here and I'm holding it in my hands, let me just go ahead and give you a, a few samples of this because it, just to show you how good a prayer book can be. Um, so this is from Luther's small catechism, and this is the general morning prayer. And it says, I thank thee, my heavenly father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear son, that thou hast kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray thee that thou wouldest keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please thee. For into thy hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let thy holy angel be with me that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Beautiful prayer. Here's the general evening prayer. The one that you would pray right before you went to bed. I thank thee, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast graciously kept me this day. And I pray thee that thou wouldest forgive me all of my sins where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into thy hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let thy holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. So, beautiful prayers. Um... Let me just flip through here for a second. Let's see. Here's Friday. All right. So let's just pick Sunday, and we'll do Sunday morning. Okay? So here's Sunday morning's prayer. Lord God, Thou art the High and Holy One who inhabitest eternity. Thy name is holy, yet Thou hast promised to dwell with Him who is of contrite and humble spirit. I pray I pray thee on this first day of the week to let all who hear thy holy word experience the fulfillment of this promise. Through thy holy gospel, enter thou into our hearts and make us dwelling places of thy grace. As thy word is proclaimed this day, let me receive it with a believing heart and be a doer of thy word and not a hearer only. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and give me strength to put into practice what I have heard keep me a humble learner as long as I dwell on earth 
and at last receive me as thy child and heir into thy heavenly habitations through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Redeemer. Amen. So beautiful prayers, beautiful prayers in this Lutheran prayer book. And like I said, I don't I don't always use the prayer book, but every once in a while I will open it up and I will use it. And it's they're just beautiful prayers even to read. So nothing wrong with doing that at all. But if you have an unorthodox prayer book, something that isn't biblical, then yes, there is absolutely something wrong with using that book. The prayer book that I am actually talking about is Jesus Calling. Now, some might object and they might say, wait a minute, Jesus Calling is not a prayer book. Jesus Calling is a devotional. Okay, granted, it is a devotional, but let me explain why it's a prayer book. It's a prayer book because Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling, received these messages from Jesus that she wrote in a 365-day little journal. She received these messages during prayer or during meditation. So, yes, it is a prayer book. It was received. These are these are messages supposedly from Christ himself that she received during prayer. All right, so maybe the book doesn't have prayer in it, but it is used even as a devotional. You could pray uh, with that book, and I'm sure people do. And I am I'm just... I am convinced. I am. You're not going to change my mind. It's not just a devotional. It is a prayer book as well. Um, let me give you just a quote from um, an article from October the 12th, 2016. This news article was about a um, a new book that back then. It's not new now. Um, it was new <laughs> back then, but it was a, a new book. Uh, by Sarah Young that was getting ready to come out. So it was an article about Jesus always. Um, Oh, and just a side note about that book, Jesus always. Sarah Young actually had a contract to write Jesus always before a word was even written. Now, that's not true with Jesus calling, but with Jesus always, she had already had the contract. She hadn't even written a word of Jesus always. And she had the contract. And so eh, it's kind of a side note there. Uh, there is a lot of money to be made in, uh, with uh, all of the Jesus Calling paraphernalia. You have the Jesus Calling Study Bible, and you have Jesus Always. You have the Jesus Calling Book for Children. It's just crazy. I mean, this is a huge, huge book. Like I said, as of 2016, 17 million copies. Um. You can walk into a Walmart, and right there in Walmart, and I took a picture of it, actually. Right there in the Walmart book area is Jesus Calling, Jesus Always, and Jesus Calling Devotional Journal, or whatever it is that you write in, and it's right there. And also, you know, Hobby Lobby, you walk in the Hobby Lobby, and right by the registers, at least the Hobby Lobby up here, you walk right by the registers, cash registers, and there is... a little bookshelf with all of these um, different Christian books on them. And guess what? The one in the main center of the main, sh- uh, the, the middle shelf right in the center is the Jesus Calling 
uh, books. So very, very popular book. Um, but uh, anyway, we kind of went down a down a rabbit trail there. But um, uh, let's see. This is the quote uh, by the um, by this this uh, news article, and it just it's it just explains it right here. Right here, it says, "quote The first book came out out of years of prayer journaling." So everything in Jesus Calling, all of these 365 little messages that Sarah Young received from Jesus, supposedly, came out of prayer. Prayer journaling. Where where did she hear these messages? Through her meditation time, through her prayer time, which makes Jesus Calling a Gnostic book. Now, let's see here. I have got to pull up finder on my computer because I'm going to be playing a clip for you. Let's see. Dropbox. All right. So going to be uh, what we're going to be doing on this uh, episode. And I'm not, by the way, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you now, I'm not going to edit this podcast at all. I'm just going to let it go. If I make mistakes and have to, you know, uh, just kind of go back and forth uh, a little bit, that's okay. Um, so I'm not going to do much editing. I shouldn't say I'm not going to edit it at all because, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to edit a little bit of it, but um, I'm not going to m- remove my mistakes out of there. So let me just, just put it that way. Um, but anyway, this is this is what I plan to do with this episode. I want to take, um, I want you to take a listen to some things by a Gnostic instructor. And I want you to hear the similarities between what this Gnostic is saying and what Jesus' calling says. And we'll be looking at some catchphrases from Gnosticism. And some of those phrases are actually in the book, Jesus' Calling. So I'm going to just show you how Jesus' Calling is a Gnostic book. It really is. Um, But anyway, before we even get started there, what I'd like to do is I'd like to play a little clip for you from a popular uh, Christian artist, not not artist, why not artist, a popular female Christian speaker, okay? And so I'd like you to just kind of take a guess who this lady is, all right? And and then uh, I'll I'll let you know who it is um, in just a moment. But first, here's the clip. Listen to the clip. You know how sometimes you pray and you're like, oh, God, I really would like to. And you, and you say, like, move. I really don't want to be in this place that I'm living anymore. I prayed that for many years, by the way. <laughs> and I, uh, please, God, just, you know, I'd rather really want to go into the nice countryside. I don't want to live in the city. I want to be on the on a nice, you know, in the forest. And, and I prayed that. And I I actually tried to make it happen. And every time I tried, God would always bring me back to where I am. He'd make it like, like not possible for me to go out. And I'm like, come on, God, I just want to go in the forest. I just want fresh air. I don't want to be in the city anymore. And I did that for a while. And um, afterwards, I realized that this is where I needed to be. Who am I going to teach in the forest? Squirrels? I do like squirrels, but I don't think they're going to get what I'm talking about. Like, who am I going to see? Who am I going to encounter there to help? The city, we have a lot of people who need help, right? 
And what kind of tests will I receive out there? How will I progress? Here in the city, you're tested every day in every single way. Right? But there I am meditating under the oak tree. Nothing bothering me. You know, like, so God said, okay, look, this is where you need to be. Just trust me. I have a plan. And that's hard when you want something very badly, right? Trust me. I have a plan. And now, after many years and, you know, hindsight, I see the whole plan and I'm like, oh, God. Sorry, God, I didn't trust you. Yeah, I was like, you know, I was complaining, and I didn't see. Now I get the whole plan. But when it's happening, you suffer. Who's suffering, right? That part of me that wanted something else was suffering greatly. And so we need to trust that God knows what's necessary for us. So um, let me ask you, who was that popular, evangelical, female Christian speaker. Well, you can eliminate Joyce Meyer because she has a raspy voice, so it's not her. You can eliminate Beth Moore and maybe Ann Graham Lotz because of the Southern accent. So how about if you guessed Stormy O'Martin, you were wrong. (laughs) But if you guessed Kay Arthur, you're still wrong. And by the way, I'm only kidding. I tricked you. Please don't be mad at me. Please don't be angry with me. That was not a Christian speaker. Nope, not at all. That was a pagan Gnostic instructor from over at GnosticTeachings.org. And she was doing a podcast, or not podcast, well, it, it, it is in the form of a podcast, but she was doing a lecture on a Gnostic prayer book. And I will put that link in the uh, blog because I'm going to be putting this up on the blog. So I'll put the link to that full lecture. It's about an hour and a half, maybe something like that, maybe closer to two hours. I, I can't remember for sure. But I as when I was listening to that lecture and she said some of the things that she said in there, I thought to myself, holy cow, that is sounds just like it could have come out of Jesus Calling or some other evangelical book. I mean, I'm not kidding. It really, really sounds like it. As a matter of fact, I'll bet you had no idea that that was a Gnostic instructor. If you were just driving in your car and you flipped on the radio and that little clip was praying, playing, you would think you were listening to a Christian radio station. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, so now I'm going to play another clip for you by the same woman. And oh, oh, let me just tell you, I don't know who this lady is, by the way. And I'll tell you why. Because these Gnostic instructors, and there are several of them, of them on this website, they will not give any of their information out, who they are, where they're from, nothing. They want to be anonymous. They want to remain anonymous. So you're not going to be able to look at least on that website and find out who they are. Now, I think I I think I did some digging and I think I know who this lady is, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say her name and it it wouldn't matter anyway. It 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 probably wouldn't matter anyway. Um, But uh, anyway. She 
sounds just like a you know a Christian speaker. And so what I want to do now is I want to play another clip by her. And I want you to try to pick out, well, she's just, it's a short clip. I try to pick out, let me get my finder back up here. All right. So try to pick out the Gnosticism in this statement. All right. So here, here's the next clip. All right. And this still, this is, um, this is still going to sound, um, kind of Christian. Okay. So here we go. God can speak to you and speaks to you, but are you listening? He speaks to us in the most subtle voice. And even as I was going through it, I'm like, whoa, what is this? Like, God, okay, take advantage of this right now because you just got that window of openness. And he, he cleared it for me so I can hear him. And I was in that state of, of receiving, right? And, um, but that, you have to make that time available because when you're busy doing stuff, you can't hear him. All right, so uh, not a whole lot of Gnosticism there. I think I played the wrong clip for you. Um, but anyway, you could still, even listening to that clip, um, you, could, you, you, could, you would still confuse that if, if you were driving in your car and you popped the radio on and that was playing. You would probably still confuse that for a, you know, a popular, maybe a popular female Christian speaker. Um, but, um, uh, those are the two clips I think that I wanted to play that sounded similar to, um, uh, uh, a Christian, you know, a popular Christian speaker. But th- this next clip I'm going to, pl- I'm going to play for you. Um, she's going to be talking about a gift that she received from, uh, from God. And I, this is the one I want you to try to hear the Gnosticism in this. And we'll talk about it after the clip. Here's the clip. In Jesus, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And what do you think when, when Jesus says this? Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. What does that sound like? Sounds like your meditation practice, doesn't it? Go to your room, pray. God is waiting for us to come to meet him every day. You know, once in a, in a gift that I received through a meditation, I asked questions to my God in prayer. And the message that he gave me, you know what he said? Little by little, I will reveal myself to you, but you need to meet me here every day. And that was like a, whoa, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, some days I meet him there, and other days I go, God, I'm so tired, and I fell asleep through my meditation, or God, I'm so busy, and, and I have to constantly remember that. Meet me here every day, and I will reveal myself to you little by little. And that's what it is. That's prayer. So did you hear, did you hear the Gnosticism there? Okay, what is the first thing that she says? Uh, she says, when Jesus says to go into your room, she says, what does that sound like? Sounds like your meditation practice. And the contemporary Gnostics are big, and, and I don't want to just say the contemporary Gnostics, but Gnostics, the Gnostics that I've listened to on these lectures, 
and in these um, articles that I've read by them and uh, the, some of the books that I've read uh, or that I've, you know, I haven't read full books, but, you know, parts of these uh, books that I've read, they're big on meditation, big on meditation. As a matter of fact, this um, this podcast that uh, I listen to called Gnostic Teachings that comes from the same site, they have over 15, I, I think, just they have 15 specific episodes just focused on meditation alone, just on the one topic of meditation. That's not including the other um, episodes on meditation that they have. They have three or four other ones, but they have 15 just dedicated to meditation. And the, like I said, these episodes are a good hour and a half, two hours long, some of them. So they are really serious about meditation. So she she said, um, you know, it sounds like your meditation practice, which, by the way, um, you know, that's that's how Sarah Young received her uh, messages from Jesus was through her meditation practices. OK, through her prayer time is what she called it. But um, she also calls it meditation as well. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, so that was the first thing, the meditation practice. What was the second thing you noticed? She said that she was praying. She said, I was praying to my God. Okay. She wasn't speaking about the God of the, <laughs> the God of scriptures at all. She was speaking about her God. And it doesn't matter what you name that God, because the God she's talking about is the divine spark that these Gnostics say dwells within every single human being without exception. Every human being has a divine spark living inside of them. But that divine spark is asleep. And so not so only those who have been awakened can receive gnosis or knowledge from this divine being, this divine spark that is within each, you know, that, that is within us. So a person spends a long time learning meditation and meditation practices in order to go in what's called um, consciousness. And once they go into a, uh, into consciousness, then they are awakened. That being is, they are awakened and that divine spark can then begin to give them gnosis, give them knowledge speak to them, guide them on the path of life. And it does not matter what you call that divine being within you. Okay, that divine being can be Jesus. That divine being can be Buddha. It can, if it's a female, if it's a goddess, you can call it Isis. Call it whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It is your, it is, it is kind, your, your, oh, your divine self is what they say. It's your divine self that guides and leads you, a self with a capital S. So the divine self, the divine being, calling it Jesus, Buddha, whatever, that is that spark that is within you that needs to be awakened. And once it is awakened through meditation, then you'll be able to receive gnosis, knowledge, wisdom to guide you on the path of life. 
It sounds really new agey, and that's because it is, because Gnosticism is very, uh, very uh, synchronistic. It takes from all kinds, all, all different religions. You know, um, if you if you think of Gnosticism kind of like a, I don't know, maybe a big pot of soup, right? So you're you're going to make this this big pot of soup called Gnostic soup, all right? So you take a little Christianity. These these are your ingredients here. So you throw a little Christianity in there. You take some Hinduism. You throw it in there. You take some Buddhism. You throw that in there. You take um you know you take some occult stuff and you. You throw that in there, um, you know, a little magic, a little astrology, a little, you know, spiritualism and maybe some extra sensory perception and numerology. You know, Gnosticism is very eclectic. It's just it's it's a mixture of all of these different ingredients, all of these things that, you know, all of these teachings from all of these different uh, religions. So, uh you know, that's what she's talking about when she's talking about her God. Okay. When she says, when I prayed to my God, she wasn't talking about the God of scripture. So my question is, she's experiencing something, right? She's going into her room. She's closing the door. And this God of hers is speaking to her. At least she believes this God of hers is speaking to her. So what is the difference between this and Sarah Young's meditation practices? How does Sarah Young, or anybody who does what Sarah Young does, how do they know that it is Jesus that is speaking to them? The Gnostics are doing the same thing. The only way you can know for certain with a hundred percent certainty that God is actually speaking to you is by opening up the Bible and reading it. That's it. You know for a fact that God is speaking to you when you read his word, when you're sitting under the preaching and teaching of the word of God, then you can be for sure. You know for sure, but you don't know for sure, by sitting in a quiet room and listening to that quote-unquote still small voice that's in your head, you can't know that for sure. Because the God that this lady prays to speaks to her. That being that she prays to speaks to her. As a matter of fact, the next clip I'm going to pray, or I'm, going to, <laughs> I'm not going to pray the clip for you. I am not going to pray it. I'm going to play it. All right. So the next clip that I'm getting ready to play uh, she actually says that she writes down what her God says to her, what her being says. So uh, let me just, uh, and, and you'll really be able to hear the Gnosticism in this clip. So let me go ahead and play that for you right now. So like I was saying to you, when I was in that meditation, and I really think it was a, it was a gift that my being gave me because he spoke to me so clearly. It was like a window had opened and he spoke. And it was actually very interesting because it happened on the Dalai Lama's birthday a couple of years back. And it was as if I could hear him so clearly. And he told me what some things that I really needed to know. That is Gnosis. That was experiencing my being. And I wrote down everything after that experience because it was like such great teachings that I got. And then 
that clarity. You know, I, I get what the, what they say in the Bible when they say, and God spoke to Abraham and God spoke to Moses. You know, you think like this booming voice comes out from the sky. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's like God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Abraham. All right. So the definition of gnosis. Gnosis is the practical, fact-based knowledge of consciousness that guides us to our full potential of innate happiness. The knowledge we acquire through our own experience, as opposed to knowledge that we are told or believe in. Gnosis is conscious, experiential knowledge, not merely intellectual or conceptual knowledge, belief, or theory. That comes right off of gnosisteachings.org, and that is the definition for gnosis. And you notice what she said there. It was her being that spoke to her, and her being gave her such great information that she had to write it down. Sound familiar? Yeah. The Gnostics do the same thing. So what is the difference between Sarah Young and the Gnostics? Well, Sarah Young's Jesus is just packaged in a, uh, you know, in a Christian package. It's just wrapped up in a Christian package. That's all. That's all. And it, that's why it is a very dangerous book. Now, please, I am, I am not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to be harsh, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, my desire is to point out the dangers of this kind of stuff. I mean, besides the fact, besides the fact that Jesus calling the, 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 the little prayers or the little messages that Jesus gives in that book, besides the fact that they are just absolutely silly. I mean, some of the things that are said in that book, it, you just, it, they're just absolutely ridiculous. They're silly. And so, you know, you're just like, Man, how can anybody really believe that this is Jesus speaking? So besides all of that, it is it is dangerous to sit in a room and empty your mind and try to sit still and listen. Steve and I did a podcast back a podcast episode back in 2012 or 13, I think I can't remember what year. 13, I think. Maybe it was 2014. I can't remember. But it was on the origin of Jesus Calling. And um, just to kind of refresh my memory, I listened to it uh, a couple of days ago again. And it's got some really good information about how Jesus Calling uh, came into being. And Sarah Young, actually, um, her she got this idea to do this book because she herself got a hold of a little book called God Calling. It was written in, I think, 1935, and it also was written by—well, it was written by two women, but these women were also anonymous. They wouldn't give their names out. They just called themselves the two listeners. And some of the things that are said in this book are just absolutely freaky. I mean, just—you know, you know that it wasn't God uh, speaking to them. Some of the things that are said are just unbiblical. Um, so I'm going to also post a link to that podcast. You can listen to that uh, as well. But, you know, like I said, I'm kind of, you know, heading down rabbit trails as we go. But that's okay. 
Um, it's like I said, you just you you can't know for sure. You you cannot. Now I'm not saying that God can't speak that way, but there is no way that you can know for sure that that little still small voice that you're hearing is God. There just isn't. The only surefire way you're going to know that God is speaking to you is to open up His Word and read it, hear it being preached to you from a from from the pulpit, hearing of. Uh, you know, you hear the gospel being preached to you, and you hear Christ's love and His mercy and grace that He died on the cross for you, that He 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 died to, um, and uh, and and has forgiven your sins through His death on the cross. So you hear the good news that Christ uh, lived a perfect life in your place, that He took all of your sins upon Himself, that He uh, was was. Uh, the wrath of God, all of it was poured out on him. That's when you know you're hearing from God, when you hear the gospel, when you hear that your sins are forgiven, when you hear that that for you in the gospel. That's, that's when you hear. That's when you know you're hearing God. And when you open up his word and read it, that's when you know you're hearing from God. It's outside of you. It's, it's, all, it's all outside of you. But... Gnosticism, gnosis, is it's it's all inside, it's internal, it's all experiential. You know? And and that's what so many Christians want today. They want some kind of experience, you know. The Bible itself, yeah, that's great, it's good. But I I don't want to read about God. I want God to speak to me personally. And so the Bible is kind of you know, it, it just, I hate to say this, but to many Christians, it's just boring. And that's a sad thing. Anyway, so let me play one final clip. And um, it's going to kind of confirm what I read as far as the, um, as far as the definition of Gnosticism. Also, she's going to explain what prayer is in Gnosis. So this is the final clip. Let me play that for you. Remember that Gnosis is conscious experiential knowledge and sincere prayer results in gnosis, which is light for the soul. Prayer is also a sacred act of listening, listening to the inner guidance of our divine being. Uh-huh. Listening to the inner guide. What is prayer? It's listening to the inner guidance of our divine being. That is what prayer is to a Gnostic. All right, let's move on to the final segment here of the podcast. Um, I don't final segment, but the final portion, I should say, of the podcast. Um, I'm going to talk about some Gnostic words, popular Gnostic words. If you start listening to these ep- to these lectures on, um, on uh, GnosticTeachings.org, and there are many of them, I mean, just tons of them on there, and they're all over, like I said, they're all an hour and a half, two hours long. They're just, they're, it t- you know, it takes a long time to listen to them, and there are, like I said, there's a ton of them. I mean, you just kind of scroll and scroll and scroll. Um, but some of the catchwords that they use are also used in Jesus Calling, and uh, I want to just kind of go through that with you. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm not trying to be, um, you know, uh, some kind of a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. But they are in that book, and as I said, um, there is no difference. There, there just isn't a lot of difference here. The only difference between Sarah Young and the Gnostics is that Sarah Young's Jesus is wrapped up in a Christianized kind of package, a Christian package. That's her. That's 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 the Jesus that she speaks to. 
So some of the catchwords that you're going to hear from uh, these Gnostics are uh, one of the big ones is consciousness or conscious awareness. And you hear that a lot um, throughout almost every or in almost every lecture. Um, you hear a lot of talk about light. And you hear a lot of talk about awaking or awakening consciousness or, um, you know, your, your conscious being awakened. And, of course, the big word is experience, because what is gnosis? Gnosis is experiential knowledge. It's not knowledge. It's not something that you know, a knowledge that you know. It's, it's something that you experience. So that is your, that is your truth. That is your, uh, that is your, the message from your being, that or whatever. That experience comes from your being. Um. So let's first look at the word consciousness, all right? Now, this phrase, I'm only going to read you one portion for each word, okay? But this word consciousness is in Jesus' calling, I counted 12 times. Now, I didn't, I didn't go through the book and count, count, count. I have the Kindle version, <laughs> so I cheated. I just put the words in the search box and boom, there they are, you know? Um, but it's, I did, you know, because conscious was there and, and, you know, a couple of other, um, phrases or words that were similar. So, but I counted consciousness 12 times. So let me read you a portion from May 16th. This is supposed to be what Jesus says. And this is what, uh, this is what the, the, um, message is here. May 16th. The most important thing to determine is what to do right now. This is now again, this is supposed to be Jesus talking here, okay? The most important thing to determine is what to do right now. Instead of scanning the horizon of your life, looking for things that need to be done, concentrate on the task before you and the one who never leaves your side. Let everything else fade into the background. This will unclutter your mind, allowing me to occupy more and more of your consciousness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, what the Gnostics are going to talk about in these lectures is this conscious awareness. These masters, these what they call, they call them uh, angels. Um, they call them awakened beings. So these masters like Buddha and Jesus, they say they call Jesus Master Jesus, a lot of them. Um, these are those who have an enlightened conscience or, you know, an, 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 a, yeah, I mean, an enlightened conscience. They, are, they have this, this conscious awareness all the time. Um, they're living in a constant state of consciousness, awareness aware of everything around them, aware of themselves and who they are. And so they're always living in this constant state of consciousness. And we all have the potential to do that, say the Gnostics. And Jesus says the same thing, too. You need to unclutter your mind, allowing me to occupy more and more of your consciousness. That's the, that's the key there. The Gnostics say that the consciousness has to be awakened, and it doesn't happen all at once. I mean... A beginner can receive gnosis when he and he can go into a state of consciousness through meditation and receive some kind of gnosis, some kind of knowledge, but it's but it's very little at at the beginning. 
And so it kind of has to grow, you know, until you become this person who is just in that con, you know, that consistent state of consciousness. And so Jesus says the same thing here. He says, this will unclutter your mind, allowing me to occupy more and more of your consciousness. Okay, I mean, there it is. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, the next uh, phrase that uh, we see that uh, is similar to the Gnostics is the, or the word, I should say, the word is light. And uh, October the 23rd, portion of that, uh, I'll read to you in a second, but this word light or light of my presence is that one phrase, light of my presence, is in the book 44 times. So here's what October 23rd says, or a portion of it anyway. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, October the 23rd, a portion of that says, As you turn your attention to me, feel the light of my presence shining upon you. Open your mind and heart to receive my heavenly smile and approval. Okay, so feel, experience the light of my presence. That's what Jesus supposedly said to Sarah Young. Feel, do you think he ever said that to the Apostle Paul? Paul, I want you to feel the light of my presence. Did Paul ever command us in the scriptures to feel the light of God's presence? Nowhere that I've seen, nowhere are we told to feel God's presence. So that that, that is an experiential thing there. And that's exactly what it is. Experiential. And that's all this book is about, is experiencing God's presence. So awaken is the next phrase, and awaken is mentioned six times. And starting, or the one I'm going to read for you now, the portion I'm going to read is from June 22nd. It's just a very short sentence. Thankfulness Thankfulness awakens you to my presence, which overshadows all your problems. So, um... Thankfulness is what awakens you to the presence of God. All right, and then the next one's experience. And the word experience is mentioned over 48 times. 48 times in the book. I'm going to read you the entire portion of August 28th. And and, and I want to do this because not only is experience mentioned here, but... You have meditation is mentioned in this. And you also have, once again, light of my presence. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm going to read the entire thing to you. All right, August 28th. Grow strong in the light of my presence. As my face shines upon you, you receive nutrients that enhance your growth and grace. I designed you to commune with me face to face, and this interaction strengthens your soul. Such communion provides a tiny glimpse of what awaits you in heaven, where all barriers between you and my glory will be removed. This meditative time with me 
blesses you doubly. You experience my presence here and now, and you are refreshed by the hope of heaven where you will know me in ecstatic joy. Okay, first of all, nowhere in the scriptures do I ever see Jesus speaking like that to any of his disciples, uh, any of his apostles. No, just... But um, anyway, there you have it, light of my presence... And, and and then Jesus says, this meditative time with me, um, this time of meditation. And again, it's there, there's really just, there's no difference really between what Sarah Young does or what anybody like Sarah Young, if they're practicing this type of prayer time with Jesus, there's not a whole lot of difference between this and meditation, at least Gnostic meditation, of course, the phrases are different, the terminology is different, but the practice is very, very similar, almost exactly the same thing. And so dangerous, dangerous practice that um, I would just, that I would just, as lovingly as I can possibly do, warn you, if you want to pray, pray. But don't listen. Listening is by you. You listen to God when you open his word up. God speaks to us through the word. We speak to him through prayer. It's not this it's not this two way dialogue here where you speak to God and then God comes down and speaks into your heart or God speaks out of your heart. No, prayer is just what it is. It is speaking to God. It's not a dialogue between you and Jesus. You open up God's word, he speaks to you, you speak to him in prayer. So I hope that this episode has been somewhat informative to you. Sorry for the stumbling and bumbling. I'm not going to do too much editing. Uh, This has been a a pretty long uh, episode, no pun intended. Um, And so hopefully, like I said, next week, Steve and I will be together and we want to continue on this theme of Gnosticism. Honestly, I'm not sure exactly what uh, what we're going to be talking about yet, as of yet. Um, I think Steve wants to delve into a little bit of Irenaeus, and so perhaps we will go that route. But um, anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day and listening to me ramble on and on about Jesus Calling. Uh, Gnosticism is very much um, it is very much alive and well, and the traits and the uh, Gnostic tendencies are all throughout uh, American Christianity. Uh, all over out evangelicalism in general. And so um, just our desire is to point those kinds of things out to you. And we're not going to stick around on Gnosticism. I know Stephen said he'd like us to do a series on it, so perhaps this will be the second installment of the series. I think he said something like maybe doing five parts or something like that, which is fine with me. Um, But anyway, hopefully we will be together next week. That is the plan anyway. Thanks again for listening, and um, we'll see you next time.